hello hello and welcome to what i sound more and more like stephen fry when i start this podcast <laughs> a little bit welcome to what it's the show where some adults give each other a book report of the mystery marvel machination of their choosing and the scores don't matter but the stories are real <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. i love that i'm not quite proud of that that was, that was off the dome <laughs> Just can off you, the top? Can you believe it? I can't. off the dome. My name's Ellie. I'm a content creator based in Austin, Texas. And as always, joining me is the perfect, the lovely, the birthday queen, Chelsea Hoffoosh. Oh my God, that is true. It is my birthday month. And I do respect you for noticing that. You turned 24 yesterday. I did. God, it's a whole new world. <laughs> like 24, huh? I was, you know, obviously pretty sad about not being able to kind of do birthday stuff. I'm going to put a sad uh, trombone noise in there. I had some like comically terrible birthdays when I was a child and an adolescent. And so as an adult, when I had more control over like my birthday. This is why. Because you guys know that I'm like, I'm not extra about things like in my regular life, right? Like I'm pretty like, I'm like a chill, quiet person. That's exactly how I describe it. Wait, hang on. I'm confused. Who are we talking about? Yeah, no. so like that's how people always describe me. But like my birthday is the thing I get to be really extra about. And that's why. So this year... I couldn't do anything and I was having trauma flashbacks Aww. to all my terrible birthdays as a child. Aww. And I do know that my mom is going to text me after she listens to this episode because she listens to all of our episodes Aww. and gives color commentary. Oh yeah, she's a big fan. Big whathead. Oh uh, no, no, no. We have to come up with something better than that. <laughs> you don't like a big whathead? I was thinking <laughs> curios. Like, oh, whatchamacallit. Whatchamacallit is very good. God damn it, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so big watch. You're going to come on my podcast where you are. Hi, guys. Miles Luna. Happy to be here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles is here, guys. For head whatchamacallit, Molly Harfush, you're going to be like, yeah, your birthday's back. So I had some good birthdays. And also, Mom, you don't sound like that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. I'm going to be in so much trouble no matter what. Uh, uh, Let me remind you, Mom, of my seventh birthday when my aunt's estranged husband decided that was going to be the time that he was going to reappear into the family and there are all these very awkward photos at an elk's lodge because that's where i had all my birthdays that's also where i learned to swim um (laughs) at an elk's lodge of like every adult looking angry Oh. Uh, and this estranged man that I did not know with his arm around me no. and like, me in a swimsuit looking at the ground very uncomfortable. No. I was like, happy seventh birthday, Chelsea. Ooh. That's just like one example. Oh, Charles. My 12th birthday, also my family members planned a party for my cousins. What? While forgetting that it was my <gasps> birthday. Oh. So I went to like a different party oh. on my birthday. That, oh. that was really fun. That one's even uh, Mamba. One's even good. Mamba was upset by that one. Yeah. Mamba didn't like it. Uh, my fifteenth birthday, I had a party at Cece's Pizza, and nobody came. Oh my god! <laughs> but did dude. you get like the did you get like the mac and cheese pizza though? Yeah, I got well then it wasn't that bad of a birthday, nobody. Chelsea. I mean, like I think like maybe like two people came, but like I had invited like tons more people than mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my. 17th birthday oh my god there's more i know right this is this is my what topic guys (laughs) 17th birthday we're just going straight into it two of my grandparents told us they had terminal cancer (gasps) at my birthday dinner what yeah it's okay you don't you can say mean things they're both dead you know what chelsea (laughs) you get two points for each grandparent yes (laughs) oh wait Uh, i have something to say (laughs) i have something to say (laughs) 
This is officially our six-month semiversary. Oh, oh! We are on episode 26. Day of your birthday, we are recording the six-month marker of this podcast. Duh. And we already did it. the sweet thing last week of like saying how much we love you guys. We still, we very much do love you guys. And we thank do you feel s- the same. We feel the same way. It's not changed. us off with five fun fast facts oh please do they better be fast and they wait better wait be fun. hold on i'm just confused because i thought five fun fast facts was supposed to have a chelsea harfouche oh it's uh, intro don't worry about it it's it'll be there five fun fast facts okay. number one vikings used the bones of slain animals when smithing new weapons believing that this would enchant the weapon with the animal spirit and it actually did make the weapon stronger because the carbon in the bones coupled with the iron made a primitive version of steel dude that's yeah. Also, also just like the animal. I need a little owl in here. I need some bear and a little lizard. What's the lizard do? Just a little bit. Oh, this is just this for be so fast. style. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. <laughs> the measurement of time, the second, is called that because it's the second division of the hour. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. Minute second. Number three. There are more trees on Earth than stars in the Milky Way. No way. Yes, right. I don't think that's true. It that's is true. true. There are three trillion trees on Earth. Three trillion trees? And only a hundred billion stars in the Milky Way. Get dunked on space. I know. Number four. Adjusted for inflation, the Titanic ship cost 165 million in today's money. The movie cost 200 million. Whoa. The movie was more expensive than the boat. And also did nice. better. And also did better than the boat. <laughs> yeah, That's true. Yeah, very much, much better. I can tell the future. I know exactly what you guys are going to do after I tell okay. you this fifth one. The inside of the cheek and the inside of the vagina are made of the same tissue. What did you both just do? I licked the inside. Yeah, you licked the inside <laughs> of your cheek. cheek. Let's go into our mini game. Oh my gosh, he knows the music. What a whatchamacallit. My title is called, and I'm quite proud of it. Okay. Painting by Numbers. Ooh. Is it about Bob Ross? No. Fuck. Bob Ross doesn't paint by numbers. He doesn't fuck with I that know, shit. I know. How could you? Is it about art theft or like the price of art? It would be bold of me to bring art theft back so soon. I know, but you love it. I do. Counter argument. That's great counter argument. Sustained. Okay. Uh, does it have to do with like like a colossal painting project that has to be coordinated through numbers? This is the story of a mural. <laughs> I think murals can be kind of cool. But I guess not. No, I'm sorry. That was mean of me. Game by numbers. I'm stumped. Yeah, how could something so simple? I know, right? Be so difficult. I know. My title is being double. Being double. Double as an ing being. Yeah, as a like as in like a a real hero and a real human being. See, that's a terrible example because I would use that as the example for being human being for being. Is it about? Twans. Nar. My dad's a twin. Wait, no, what? He isn't. Yes, he is. Chris no, has he a brother? Isn't. He has a twin Say brother. Say psych right now. There's two of them. 
Not identical. Oh. Oh, less interested. Move on. Wow. (laughs) Chris is a handsome musician. We all know it. Look. Is it about, oh, so then if they go, therefore, it's not about conjoined twins. Double. Does that have to do with stunt doubles? Ooh. No, but that's fun. Somebody Mm. should do that at some point. Ooh, yeah. I want to know who the highest paid stunt double is in Hollywood. Also, that wouldn't be a fun what topic because it'd be like The Rocks. Right. (laughs) That would be it. That would be the end of the topic. That's true. Oh, Um, yeah, that's true. Chelsea, you remember on episode 16 when I did the yes. topic? <laughs> yes, definitely. When I did the topic of the history of blue, we had a very interesting discussion about how you can never truly see through the eyes of another person. And it's pretty common for us to wonder if other people experience the world in the same way. Is your green my red? Is your mm-hmm. yellow my blue? Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, I can't go down this rabbit hole because it's frightening. Yeah. Yeah, it keeps me up at night. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so we all know we can never directly answer this question, but we do know that some people report a very different consciousness of the outside world than what is commonly experienced. Let me take, for example, Carol Crane. She doesn't just enjoy the sound of guitar music. It brushes softly against her ankles. What? Is this about synesthesia? Yes. yes! Wait, what is synesthesia? Oh my synesthesia? God, I'm so excited. Synesth- I can't even You say don't it. even know. Oh, baby, I'm so excited for you. Synesthesia. We'll get there. Let me synesthesia. just. I don't. Let me just do I, my thing. I only know about this because it was a house episode. So I'm so excited for you to actually tell me what it is. So, yeah, she doesn't just like guitar music. It brushes softly against her ankles. When she hears violins, she feels them on her face. What the fuck? Trumpets make themselves known on the back of her neck. Ugh. In addition to feeling the sounds of musical instruments on her body, Carol sees letters and numbers in brilliant hues. I hate this. And for her, units of time each have their own shape. I hate this. She sees the months of the year as the cars on a Ferris wheel, with July at the top, December at the bottom. Now let's take Sean Day, PhD. He needs you to know that. He tastes in Technicolor. The taste of beef, such as steak, produces a rich blue. That, that. Fuck that. Fuck that. I hate that Why so much. Why are you much. so angry about... Okay. It's I'm red. So beef fascinated. is red. I'm sorry. Beef that is red? Make it... Beef is 100% red. Well, I'm the sorry. The color of it is red. Okay. Day is a linguistics professor at the National Central University in Taiwan. Mango sherbet appears as a wall of lime green with thin, wavy strips of cherry red. What? Steamed gingered squid produces a large glob of bright orange foam about four feet away directly in front of me. This is what he says. Synesthesia from the ancient Greek words for union and sensation, is a neurological condition in which stimulation of one sensory or cognitive pathway, for example, hearing, leads to automatic involuntary experiences in a second sensory or cognitive pathway, such as vision. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm so fascinated by the fact that Miles finds this frightening. I know. I, I, well, like, it, like the lovely sound of a harp tickles her asshole. And <laughs> listening to an oboe fingers the fuck out of her nostrils. Like, wow. I don't like this. This is upsetting to me. You did take it to a different place than Ellie took it. Yeah, you just, certainly did. And I do think we should unpack that at some point. I don't want to like disrupt Ellie's flow. What the fuck does an accordion do? I I had an idea that Chelsea would sort of know what it is and be excited to learn about it, and I thought that was going to get the same reaction from me. I'm fascinated. This is tripping me out. Okay, the food thing's kind of cool. I just don't. I don't want to get tickled in places when I'm listening. You're to... not because you don't have synesthesia. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> Simply put. <laughs> yeah, this isn't something that's gonna like start to happen to you. I fear for them. 
No, they're f- okay. We'll get there. Just okay. chill your beans for a second. I'm sorry, my I'm sorry. Chill them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So simply put, when one sense is activated, another unrelated sense is activated at the same time. This may, for instance, take the form of hearing music and simultaneously sensing the sound as patterns of color or touch or you know any of the other ones. It's actually considered to be potentially a sixth sense. Color with sound sounds dope. That's a Windows Media Player from like the early aughts. That okay. that I can get on board with. The touch freaks me <clears throat> right. out. Right. Synesthesia can be associative, so senses are connected and associated in a person's mind, or projective, when the images and colors are projected into reality. Whoa. Experiencing numbers and letters as each having a particular color is called the phenomenon of color grapheme synesthesia. Mm. It's one of the most common forms, and for that reason, is one of the most studied. A grapheme is simply like a letter or a number. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That's the name of a grapheme. Another very common type of synesthesia is essentially colored hearing. Sounds, music, or voices seen as colors. Mm. Tight. Oh, yeah, Miles' voice sounds like green to me, oh, yeah. which is wild. Most synesthesia... Oh, he's back on board, oh, he's like, He's like, oh, it does? Wow. Who, me? What shade? <laughs> like a pine? <laughs> a forest? <laughs> Most synesthetes, which is the technical term for them, report that they see such sounds internally in the mind's eye. Only a minority, like that guy Day we talked about, PhD, don't forget it, see visions as if projected outside the body. So cool. Kind of within arm's reach. So famous synesthetes include novelist Vladimir Nabokov, who saw each grapheme in a different hue. So like four is yellow, L is blue. And it's the same every time. It's not like it doesn't change. It's like L is always blue. Musician Duke Ellington interpreted notes as colors which i think is awesome very cool so Mm. basically when he plays music he's like painting that's so cool vincent van gogh Uh had synesthesia which would kind of make sense if you see yeah exactly (laughs) if you look at his paintings painter joan mitchell also associated colors with letters and sounds and personalities what colors had personalities to her This first pops up in recorded human history Uh around 500 BC. That Greek philosopher and mathematician Pythagoras, you know, had a real boner for triangles. Loved him. Yeah. Supposedly displayed signs of the remarkable trait. But experts believe the genetic basis for synesthesia, which tends to run in families, interestingly enough, has been present throughout human history. It occurs in an estimated 2 to 4% of the world's population, which is about 250 million people, which is a lot. Yeah. Research on synesthesia did not really begin in earnest until the very late 20th century. A lot of times before that, people weren't believed. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, yeah, well, well, because, you know, the note A is green and everyone's like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> They're like, she's quirky. She's <laughs> Synesthesia research is really important because it gives us a deep insight into brain development and the nature of human perception. Mm. What do we see that's in common? Do we see colors differently? That whole thing can be right. explored through synesthesia research. Oh. So neuroimaging experiments provide evidence for neural differences between synesthetes and non-synesthetes. Using a brain imaging technology known as diffusion tensor imaging, or DTI. Uh I'm getting into some science for getting some medicine for you, Chelsea. (laughs) Neuroscientists have demonstrated increased wiring between parts of the brain which process colors and letters in color grapheme synesthetes. DTI uses diffusion of water molecules to trace the white matter of the brain formed by axon tracts. What are those, Charles? That sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. Axon tracts. It's like the neuropathway inside a brain. Exactly. It's a bundle of nerve fibers which connect nuclei to the central nervous system. Mm. 
Yeah. Researchers found that the strength of cross-wiring in the inferior temporal cortex predicts whether synesthetes merely perceive the colors in their mind's eye, the associators that we talked about, mm-hmm. or actually see the colors on the letter or number they are looking at, projectors. Mm. With projectors exhibiting stronger cross-wiring than associators. So there's more of that white brain matter that gotcha. does stuff that we're still really kind of figuring out. <laughs> Most importantly, the study provides evidence for the theory that cross-activation between anatomically adjacent brain regions is at least partially responsible for color graphene synesthesia. So if parts of the brain are right next to each other and they basically have these little roads going uh-huh. between them that other people don't have, uh-huh. that's how these parts of the brain start linking up. Okay. You know, when we first started talking about this, I was thinking about it and I was like, I'll admit I have heard people speak very disparagingly about the concept of synesthesia mm-hmm. that it's like essentially kind of just like a hooey like another term for like being creative uh-huh which is why i was so interested to hear you talk about like kind of like the brain science behind it because i was like well i don't know like this makes perfect sense to me because like all of perception is sort of a um, mirage in the brain right? yes like, not to get like sophomore doing their first like drug in college <laughs> on you but yeah like you don't ever really like touch see or hear anything you just like input information into the computer that is your brain Mm -hmm. and so it really wouldn't take very much to like accidentally put the c numbers in the here bucket yes 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 because this research has just there for me i'm gonna get there for you (laughs) (laughs) because this research has just started we have still so many questions to answer for example, what developmental processes allow some individuals to have synesthesia and others not? Mm-hmm. Do all children begin life as synesthetes or is synesthesia an ability that's gained? Mm. What about the rarer forms of synesthesia, which can't be explained by cross-activation between adjacent brain parts? Like, mm-hmm. I, like if I look at a shape, I see all the numbers uh, 1 to 10 in that shape all aligned. Mm. Like that, those kind of types of, which is less research because it's less common. Mm-hmm. And then some people think we're thinking about synesthesia in a completely the wrong way, which taps into what you just said. What if it has little to do with sensation, but much more to do with semantics? A recent school of thought seeks to call synesthesia ideasthesia instead. Ooh. Not as sexy, uh-huh. but okay. Not Yeah, not as, I mean, all equally difficult to say, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> They argue that the phenomenon has more to do with the meaning of stimuli and less to do with their sensory properties, which is kind of what you were saying, right? right? Yeah. Like, it's much more to do with how you interpret the inputting than the thing yeah. itself. For example, what about graphemes that appear similar, like the number five and the letter S? Mm. Mm. The color evoked by the stimulus may be context-dependent in color grapheme synesthesia, or ideasthesia, whichever you want to call it. Individuals who involuntarily experience numbers as appearing mapped onto geometrical space, which is what I just said, mm-hmm. uh, known as number forms. How on earth does that work? Right. Similarly, individuals with time-space ideasthesia experience month or months or years as having geometric shapes, like, the, like Carol, we talked right. about seeing the years the wheel. as a Ferris wheel. So weird. These abstract forms of synesthesia can't easily be explained by either the brain mapping or in terms of the low level sensory properties of the triggering stimuli. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whether we call it synesthesia or ideasthesia, neuroscience has revealed the remarkable experiences described by synesthetes have a real neural basis. And that's pretty cool because it gives, gives scientists something to work with and you know, I don't know how science works. Like you have to apply for grants and shit, which it means that they can do that more. Well, there's a hypothesis and then mm. uh, by the end, there's a conclusion. That's mm-hmm. all I remember. Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. Nice. Yeah. 
fucking Science nice. The fuck out of that. I really liked this point when I was reading about all the different research and and why people want to research into it. And mm-hmm. I, as I sort of hinted on earlier, claims of hearing colors and seeing sounds were very easily dismissed in earlier times. Mm-hmm. And perhaps I'll pose a question here. Perhaps synesthesia is a reminder that when we read or hear about someone's incredibly private experience, we should be careful not to dismiss such claims until science has the opportunity to investigate. That's just a little thought there. Mm. Take I that like home. That too. Put that in your pocket. Put that in your pocket. Take that to the bank. Yeah. Whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, I think it's always important to remember when it comes to science that everybody has always known everything until they didn't. Exactly. So like you know, like we now in the year 2020 have the benefit slash curse of like knowing the things that we know, and then we look backwards. And we kind of, I think we have a tendency to see things on a timeline as in like, you know, it wasn't until Newton that we knew about gravity. So before that, they just didn't know about gravity, but they didn't walk around being like, huh, we sure don't know about gravity. (laughs) It works like this. God spits on you and it keeps you on the ground. (laughs) Like whatever it was, but they were a hundred percent certain. Yeah. Right. You have ghosts in your blood. Take this cocaine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is a common case of spookums. Yeah. Looks like I got to bet some more leeches. (laughs) Now that I'm 24, I feel like that is what oh, I'm wow. like. I should just like be questioning. Be yeah. questioning that yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Two men who do be questioning that science uh-huh. are called Brang and Ramachandran. Those are extremely fun names. Yeah, it was pretty fun. A little different. They're yeah. two scientific researchers and they conducted a study in 2011 on synesthesia, mm. primarily trying to answer the question, how or why did this evolve and why is it still around? What is the evolutionary purpose of a caveman being able to taste the color of the sky? (laughs) (laughs) You know, or being like, wow, the sound of that rhino is yellow. Yeah. Guys, this mammoth tastes like purple. And like, shut up. (laughs) You shut the fuck up. (laughs) Eat your mammoth and shut up. So I'm going to like address your fear from earlier, Miles. Please do. They found a link between synesthesia and a variety of conceptual and perceptual benefits. Okay. A hint that evolution selects for the genes responsible for the condition because of a quote unquote hidden agenda. Mm. Oh. Brang said of the team's paper, in this review, we examine mounting evidence that synesthesia is not simply a quirk in the population, but that it actually improves a number of traits, including memory, color processing, and possibly creativity. Ooh, which is, and they have way better mushroom trips. They have probably <laughs> very, like... Or way worse. Or way worse, yeah. <laughs> too much. Synesthetes <laughs> tend to have better processing of simple sensory stimuli of the world, Bray explained. People who see numbers and letters as having specific colors are better able to discriminate similar colors and even to detect colors. Kind of tap if, you, if you're interested, go back to episode 16. They can also use the number color associations to aid in memorizing numbers. Often that's kind of a thing that's used in brain training and those kind of games of like all the numbers are in different uh, the numbers that you have to remember in different colors because it helps the brain to associate things like that. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. He cited remembering phone numbers as an example. Research suggests that synesthesia may confer some sensory enhancements. Some scientists posit that synesthetes are better at distinguishing between smells as well as between colors. So synesthesia can enhance cognitive abilities such as creativity and memory as it's easier to make these connections. If you can hear that, I know you probably can't, but my puppy is screaming. I was just, okay, I was going to say, I thought I heard a child screaming. No, and I was that's like, just my dog. Apparently, people with synesthesia are way better at things like lip reading. They have, like, perceptual tasks where you oh. have to, because you're connecting the movement of someone's mouth to words. Huh. You're much better at doing that I'm if you so have synesthesia. 
And here's the final point, which should put you at ease, Miles. Please do. If you ask synesthetes if they'd wish to be rid of it, they almost always say no, says Simon Baron Cohen, PhD, he also needs you to know it, who studies synesthesia at the University of Cambridge. For them, it feels like that's what normal experience is like. And it's a yeah. gift. To have that taken away would make them feel like they're being deprived of their sixth sense, mm. which they've always known. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. I wish that I had it. Oh my goodness me. I think I it's was so cool. I ask you guys if you've ever had any kind of like synesthetic experience. I think, I bet you, can I, can I conduct an experiment? I'm going to say one, two, three, and then I want you guys to say it. We're going to say it all at once. Okay. What is the color of the number seven? Okay, ready? Uh-huh. You have it in your mind? Yep. One, two, three. Blue. Yellow. Whoa. Interesting. What did you say, Miles? Green. I said, it's like a navy blue to me. See. That is weird. To me, green makes the most sense. I associate it with the lucky number seven in money. Oh, that does make sense. I feel like I used to have these experiences when I was a child. Hmm. And maybe they fall more closely into kind of like the idea anesthesia and the synesthesia, like I wouldn't say that I have such had synesthesia because I think one of the cornerstones is that it just, it's always the same, like you said. Yeah. Like you always see the same thing. Mm. And I like, I don't see or think about these things anymore. Mm. So I, I always kind of associated it with just sort of like generally being creative. Like I was an only child uh, and I was like very deep into kind of like my own imaginary world as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, but like I have very specific memories of like, for example, each like grade, had a color Ooh. so like first grade was like a kelly green like a grass green and second grade was like a light light blue like That's almost cool. like a white like a whitish oh. blue and then third grade is like i can still see it's like very specifically like a deep deep like fire engine red and then fourth and like grade so was on black. And so <laughs> third grade. we don't talk yeah, about fourth I grade i have a good third grade <laughs> but yeah so like i remember things like that and then the other one i really remember is like having like and like this is why i feel like it goes much closer to like creativity is like colors had personalities oh. so like when i would like line up you know, like my colored pencils or my crayons or whatever, like certain colors couldn't be next to each other. They were like in a fight. (laughs) Certain colors like had like a crush on each other. But that also could have been like rudimentary color theory, like what you were talking Mm -hmm. about, where it's like, I thought, oh, these colors are ugly together, but I didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily understand that yet. So it's like, no, they hate each other. I'm going to give you seven points for every color of the rainbow. (gasps) Nice. Right. God, I hope that's right. Love it. And then I am going to subtract three oh. points because I'm still just afraid of what an accordion feels like. I just feel, like <laughs> it, feel it would feel like it's. You can't get past it. You really can't. It's just really upsetting. I don't. But I'm gonna give one point back because I would love to just see like a floating pink cloud every time I eat sushi. Imagine like, if you could cool. see jazz, Miles. Um, I've Aww. watched La La Land. <laughs> okay, I've wow. seen well, jazz. <laughs> okay, I don't even. I don't want to acknowledge that statement on my birthday. I dedicate this to my friend Miles. Oh, here. Oh, and Miles. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about you, I just think, gosh, like. There's never been anybody in my life quite like Miles. Like, he's just so, he's so singular. He's so one of a kind. Oh, we're so both unique. like squinting at each other, wondering what the what. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Real quick, just since like the theme of this episode has been birthdays, it's like a fun aside. Do you guys remember y'all's last birthday last year when we went to uh, the melting pot? Yeah. And then oh, yeah. we were trying to decide who was going to be America's next top birthday. And it was and you. And then like, my like incredible surprise, it was me. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was me. That was it so was you. It was. It was actually me. That was so fun. Man, oh, God, I would. I miss doing stuff. Oh, man. Um, stuff was great. Stuff mm-hmm. was great when it lasted. Sure. Back to my incredible, unique, amazing, one-of-a-kind snowflake, brilliant friend, okay. Miles. Wow. Okay. There's no one else in the world quite like you, but that's not quite true, is it? <gasps> is this about doppelgangers? It is about doppelgangers. <gasps> doppelganger. Yes. Oh. What? I have a sexy Spanish doppelganger. You do send that photo immediately. He's a Spanish doppelganger. It's so creepy, Charles. You're going to lose your mind. This is also going to so, go on social. Would you like to know why you have a doppelganger? Please. Okay. So I've been looking into this because I've always found the doppelganger myth to be really fascinating. Uh, I wrote a really bad short film in high school about a doppelganger, like just appearing in your dreams and trying to like steal your life. It was definitely inspired by like the classic 1990s, Are You Afraid of the Dark with Tia and Tamara, where one of them was a chameleon and she stole the other one's life. We all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, obviously. Oh, yeah. I'm 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 sending you this doppelganger picture, by the way. Yes, I'm so excited. Okay. So in deciding to try to like deep dive into doppelgangers a little bit more for this what topic, I learned that I didn't know shit about doppelgangers at all. First thing being that doppelganger is not the term for a doppelganger. What? Yeah. So like I thought, you know, like that's just like the term that I've always heard. And I guess like I just naturally assumed it must come from some like Germanic myth about an evil double. But like that is not true at all. Doppelganger... Is, is a relatively new word. The first time it was used was in 1796. So that's not even really like that old yeah. in the grand scheme of Europe. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And it didn't mean a double. It just means somebody who like sees themselves. So, which I know sounds like really similar, but it was, it says when one has a meal of two courses in which the second doesn't come second, but what together the with the first, fuck? This is a doppelganger. Oh, so wait, when they're like, course meal. When they're like, but, do you mind if we just bring the plates like when they're ready and they come at the same time? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a doppelganger. That whole fun thing. Okay. How the, f- okay. So, oh, and you know what? I'm glad that you bring that up, Ellie, because here's like the classic, like what bit that like everybody is like always asking to come back, which is like <laughs> Chelsea gripes. And this is Chelsea's gripe. <laughs> Why at restaurants when they are like, so, you know, we do it family style, which just means that everything's going to come out when it's ready. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That sounds great. I'm down to, you, you're going to charge me like $18 for broccoli. So I'm down to be here for like several <laughs> hours to make that feel worth it. Yeah. I'm down to so, just like, kind of sit rather, in. But then they are always, just how they're always like really pushy about you ordering all of the food at once at the very beginning before anything's come out. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this sort of like, progressive meal of like little plates that just come out when they're ready i just kind of want to order as i go to like see how full i get and how much i want to try things i might want to get different things at different times but they're like so is that gonna be is that gonna be all of it and i'm like well that's all for right now and they're like so do you think that you're gonna want other things and i'm like i don't know maybe i mean they are getting paid like two dollars an hour so you do have to give them that that's true, but I do I tip very well because I know that that system is like that's exactly awful. right. 
Yeah. But anyway, so a, a doppelganger, <laughs> doppelganger. one of those fancy restaurants, and you get like your uh, charred broccoli and your like pea mousse at the same time. Okay. Like Not an evil twin. But the concept of like this specter or double, you know, has been in history in other cultures way before the term doppelganger became a term. Huh. Uh, some of the more some of the more uh, well-known ones would be the Ka in ancient Egypt, Ooh. which was the closest to like kind of what we think of as a doppelganger, which is, like this evil double that would come and try to like take over your life. Where's oh. it going? This is really fun. I'm very into this and I want to start using this in some way and I haven't figured out how yet. But a fetch? Have you heard this, Ellie? This is something Stop trying to like... make fetch happen. Got him. <laughs> no, it's like a it's like a um like a Scottish Gaelic type thing. Oh I know I don't so, know about that. In northern England. So a fetch is like a doppelganger and it's a, a spectral double and if you see it it means you might die. Oh no. Yeah, so you don't want to see your fetch. You sure don't. Gaelic myths are wild. They have shits like, this is a cat that will steal your soul. And you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the other one that I really like that you guys are probably more familiar with is like the changeling, which was this oh, idea yes. that there were like sickly old women that would have sickly old babies. Ew. And like, I don't want this nasty sickly old baby. It's stinky. So they put <laughs> the little sickly old baby in the healthy baby's place and they'd steal your healthy baby and they'd leave their little sickly baby. Sounds like a really dark way to explain away like a birth defect. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. Where they're like, oh, my baby is sudden is suddenly sick. Well, that's not my baby. That's like a sickly old that's a, fairy it's baby. A, it's a changeling fairy baby. <laughs> yeah, changeling. I mean, so, in, the, in, the, in the good old ancient Greek days, they'd just leave you on top of a mountain. Did you ever read, Ellie, did you ever read Outlander? You might like it. It's really good because it's... I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's romance and like swashbuckling and all that stuff, Hell yeah. but it's also but like- I, I love romance and I love to swashbuckle. To buckle a swash I just great. mean it's a good story. No, I'm monster. into it. No, I'm into I'm saying that I'm into it. <laughs> She's genuinely smiling with joy. But in addition to that, Ellie, it's a very deeply researched historical fiction about England and Scotland. So Yum. she's an English woman who travels back in time to like the Bonnie Prince Charlie times of like the scottish revolution the hey diddly times yeah great <laughs> it's yeah it's great it's good and so she's like they're like oh that's why she's an outlanders because she's not from the oh. highlands and they call her sassanach she's like an english woman anyway there's a show about it there's a lot of sex uh the book was really good and there's a whole part so she likes that she travels back in time she's from the 1940s travels back in time to like the 1770s or something like that 1760s so she's dealing with all this like you know kind of like folklore and like things that she knows are not true anymore right she can't say that or they'll be like witch witch hey lastie so, she's a witch get her so there was a part where some she found like a baby out in the woods and she was like oh my god there's this baby in the woods we gotta save it and everyone's like oh my god don't touch it it's a fairy baby and she's Ooh. like nope it's just a baby and it has a rash and it's gonna die and they're like no, if you touch that baby, they'll all know you're like a fairy witch. They're like, <laughs> will be burned. Stupid, <laughs> stupid woman. They're like, they're like, oh, Sassenach, you know, oh, oh, you crazy classic Sassenach. <laughs> so doppelgangers. Kind of how that goes in the book, anyway. Okay. So yeah, so this idea has been around for a while, and like, just like with the the fetch and the uh, the fairy baby, the changeling, you know, we can kind of we can kind of extrapolate some 
real world reasons why this might have been an ominous thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was a very poetic historical account of a famous author in the 19th century seeing the doppelganger of his wife uh, the same night that his uh she gave birth to their daughter and the daughter was uh, stillbirth, was like born dead. Aww. And so he talks about like being in the streets and he's not there. And he saw his wife with the dead baby in her arms Aww. somewhere else. So that's not like, that's like more like a specter, but this is how like, this is how like doppelganger sort of existed before like modern times with like uh, vampire diaries being like oh the doppelganger and all the power oh yeah so i did not know any of that i thought it had always been this idea of like an evil double that wants to steal steal your soul Mm -hmm. Uh, but that is that is mostly kind of an invention of like 20th century fiction however moving on from fiction into fact the truth of the matter is you probably do have a doppelganger (gasps) okay Uh, yeah, and which is like, this is the part that I actually found like the most unnerving. Uh, I really don't like it. I think, I mean, you guys know, like I don't even like it when other people have my name and I don't have that uncommon of a first name uh, and it pisses me off. So the idea that like- Another episode of Chelsea Grimes. Oh, oh, it just grinds my gears. Uh, anyway, so, but it turns out more than likely you do have a doppelganger because like I was saying earlier about Miles, we all have our own unique DNA, right? And that's sure. kind of like, that's a thing that I think, especially now, like in a post-CSI world, if I will, uh, we think about all the times. So we're like, oh my God, you can like, you can find a murderer with DNA, right? Like uh-huh. you can you just send off goo. your DNA in your spit to like some company and they'll tell you everything about you. Like your DNA is amazing. Your DNA is amazing, but 99.5% of all human DNA is just identical. It's just like, it's, and that makes a lot more sense when you think about like DNAs being the building blocks of all living things. Uh-huh. Look, think about all of the living things that are not a human being, and it <laughs> starts to make a lot more sense why 99.5% of human DNA is just identical. It's what makes you a human being. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's that's the Lego, identical. the Lego of the human. So it's only that half a percent that individuates between different human beings. That is why. And we're talking all of it. We're talking height, build, eye color, right. hairiness, anything synesthesia. That is different, anything that is different between you and me, Ellie, comes from that half a percent. So the other 99.5% is what gives us two arms, two legs, two lungs that work in the way that lungs work. You two vaginas. I mean? Yeah, three vaginas. <laughs> The penis that has to be cut off every month because that's what a period is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, we, all, we all have that. And we all have that. So it's only that half a percent that individuates between human beings. That half a percent is 16 million pairs. Oh. Which is a lot, but there are 8 billion people on the planet right yeah. now. So again, it kind of stands to reason that there's going to be, mathematically, there's going to be at least one other person out there who has most of those 16 million in roughly the same order. Whoa. (laughs) The other big part about this is that you're more likely to find your doppelganger if you kind of stay in the same geographic area your whole life. Huh? The other thing, yeah, because the other thing is, is that we're all related. And this is a thing that like we try to not think about as much unless we're British. Yeah, we're all related. 
Um, because you know, there's like a there's an they found an Eve. You know about how they found an Eve. Oh right? yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. Yeah, they found the Eve in Africa, which is the cradle of like human life. They call her Eve because the sequence of her genome traces of it can be found in every living person on the planet That's today. That's fucking cool. Amazing. Yeah. So like, sh- I mean, she might not have necessarily literally been the first woman, but she is the oldest. She's the oldest like common ancestor we found. Okay. So she's the closest to like the first woman that we found. So we all did come eventually, like originally from one male and one female homo sapien that was maybe the not the first homo sapiens but the first homo sapiens that made it to the point where they could successfully reproduce uh-huh. uh huh. and then every homo sapien after that is coming from that that core group so we all at some point in that base pair have you know common lineage and that becomes more and more true the more that like your family has stayed in the same sort of geographic area for most of your history uh-huh. So in America, maybe it is less common because most of us are the descendants of immigrants or colonizers who came over here in the last like three or four hundred years. But, you know, like especially like, for example, in mainland China. Yeah, there, there's a lot of like families that have been there for generations, possibly like almost all the generations. And so they have a higher level of co-lineage genetically. Another way that you can think about this, I think we've done this before. Do you know which like relation like familial relation has the closest dna no no do you want to guess like in your family in your family who do you think has the closest dna to you my brother yes siblings like full-blood siblings have the closest dna of any like two people on the planet and it's because you know you get half your dna from your mother Mm -hmm. and half your dna from your father so you're only 50 percent alike with them right but since your sibling also got that same half from the mother and half from the father, you're the most likely. Right. Because it's only, have... so it's now only really 8 million pairs that can be different. Yeah. Ah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's not my strong suit, but yes, you're on the right track. Even if that math is not exactly right, which I'm not sure because my brain is broken. You're on the right track. Yes. You're getting the same. You're selecting from the same 8 million pairs on either side. So there's only so much difference that can come out of that, right? So actually, the way that I learned a lot about this, yeah, and this is gross, and I don't want anybody to read into it. Okay. Uh, but it was when I was researching uh, the legality of cousins getting married. Uh huh. It was from a TV show I was watching. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you, I don't know if you know this, Eleanor, but you're in luck moving to the United States because uh, cousin marriage is legal in 24 states. Um, oh thank goodness well because the truth of the matter is and people don't like this you're genetically about as related to your cousin as you are to like most other strangers on the street whoa which is to say that there is like there is relatedness but it's not that much higher than just the random relatedness you have with other human beings so people's like the more of the problem is that it's just oogie the more, yeah, the more the problem is is societal. It's that you have a family unit, and especially in cultures where an extended family unit is is really strong, right? Like there there are some cultures where like you really don't think about like your aunts and uncles and cousins as like part of your family. Like they're just sort of like they're community members, right? But they're right. not necessarily family members the way your like quote unquote nuclear family is. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but like like for example like in the south like where i was from all of that is like your family right, right. like your aunts your uncles your cousins that's your family cousins so vin diesel so. would call that family for sure yeah that's my family so <laughs> then if you have labeled these people family well just like as a general rule like we don't fuck family yeah so oogie. that's yeah that's the oogie thing that you're like not supposed to be fucking with but <laughs> genetically there's it's not like i think i read one time that like you have the same likelihood of having a child with birth defects if you have a child with your cousin as you do if you have a child over the age of 35. Oh, which, wow. Like, tons of people have Whoa. a child over the age of 35. Yeah. And it's fine. So anyway, so that's my, that's my, uh, you heard it here first, like the What Podcast endorses cousin fucking. Oh, no. And you can take that straight to the bank from Eleanor May. Well, Jim McCall, it's uh, please don't. <laughs> no, because, yeah, you don't want to break the societal rule about family fucking you just don't you just don't you just don't the same way that like your stepbrother and this goes out to all you fan fiction writers <laughs> is not your brother but you shouldn't fuck him yes agree right mm. if you want to find your doppelganger which i know you do mm-hmm. and you're somebody who's not my boyfriend who's not scared of face scanning technology okay uh, you can <laughs> I was like, early in our relationship, I was like, come do this like Snapchat filter with me. And he was like, no. <laughs> oh, I, I remember. Like, that's, how they, that's how they get you. I remember when I thought I was doing a nice thing and I brought a Google Home into the house and he was yeah. like, no, no. He was very afraid of it. And then oh, month, he, he months. He put a l- towel over it. He put a tea towel over put it. put a tea towel over it. And then I went on holiday. And when I got back, it was on my bed. <laughs> very scared anyway so if you're not afraid of face scanning technology a group of friends started something online called the twin strangers project where you can find your doppelganger so if you go to twinstrangers.net it says right big on the front page find your lookalike from anywhere in the world current total seven million so about seven million people have already uploaded their face to this program and then once you upload your face an ai goes through and face scans and finds you your closest matches that's pretty cool well i don't need to do that because my brother found my doppelganger on his honeymoon and i did text this picture to both of you i've already seen this guy yeah i just saw okay yeah that's my sexy twin he's in a mexican boy band very similar yeah the facial hair is doing a lot of heavy lifting but there's a lot of similarities here. Es mi hermano. Es mi hermano. Si. So maybe you should upload both your face and your hermano's face. I would never betray match. my brother's trust that way. I would never do that to him. He trusts me. <laughs> even though he Isn't is he a, a Mexican. person? Yes. Yes. But that's not an excuse. Okay? Okay. That's Sorry. It's a sibling thing. I, you're right. I'm an only child and I wouldn't get it. <laughs> you wouldn't uh, get again. it. But Ellie's over here nodding aggressively. She gets it. <laughs> I'm not. But uh, <laughs> see, the thing is that I, think, I think that Ellie and her sister, Jessie, look a lot alike. Which to me makes sense. Mm-hmm. I've been told this before. No, nobody else has ever noticed this. Oh. No. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, this makes sense, right? Because, like, you're full-blooded sisters and you have so you're getting like almost you already have that 99.5 that's identical anyway yeah. and then that other 16 million is coming from like the exact same two sources yeah um you know and then also just like you guys are like english and you've been you've been from england for like and we've many- never seen right. the sun so well i just mean like probably like 
Something tells me that Laura Main has probably done some kind of ancestry stuff. No, actually, my dad really? is the one that's really obsessed with that. Okay, I'll allow that. So Christopher, <laughs> I bet in Christopher's studies, like y'all been in England. Like the Mains like been there. Uh, we are what I like to call Frottish, which is French and Scottish. Ooh. My grandma's maiden name was Dillacondamine. Whoa. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, and my aunt received that as a middle name, and my mum spared me that. Oh, thank That's God. That's sweet. I could have been Ellie Dolaconda Mean Main. The Mean Main doesn't work very well. Mean, mean Main. Yeah, this is a real thing. <laughs> um, you should know that uh, the word that you've said is very close to like a lesbian sex act, so just kind of keep that in mind. Well, I mentioned that once when I was on a podcast for a company I used to work for. It doesn't matter which. And... <laughs> yeah. uh, they were just like, oh, condoms. That's really as far as we got with that, so. <laughs> oh, I was talking about dillacondamine. I was mean, talking about frottish. Oh, frottish, really? Okay, well, then yeah. I'm not really, I won't use my made-up term anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, well, just don't look up frotting, and you'll be fine. Um, oh don't put that phone <laughs> down. You put that phone down. Okay. Eleanor, please. Uh, anyway, so in conclusion, you do have a twin out there somewhere. Uh, all And all of your... Uh, it takes two slash parent trap dreams could come true. Oh hell yeah! Pierce I, my ears. I want pierce your ears. Pierce my ears. I want to find <laughs> me. I want to find my me. There you go. Well, yeah. why you know you? I think have a head start because you have a social media presence. So why don't you just like post? Uh, Where are you? Face, <laughs> which no one has ever seen before. Where is me? Where is me? Yeah. Just you, pose it. Where is me looking for me? If, if you've you seen me, look like me, and me, and I will come. I bet there's like a I, my gut says Scandinavian. I don't know why. Hmm. I can see that. We'll just like yeah. I mean, like if you wanted to dress up like a milkmaid, I'm just saying <laughs> again, it would be over for those guys. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Chelsea, you're gonna have to go. Oh, Miles is literally about to buy you a dirndl. <laughs> I'm a buy you a dirndl. <laughs> buy you a dirndl. Anyway, that's that a was game. That there. was wild. I love it. Uh, Chelsea. Yeah. I want to give you four points. But I points. simply can't. <laughs> I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you four points. Uh, because we really went down that fun Gaelic rabbit hole there for a little bit, and I enjoyed that. Um, and then I'm gonna give you four points as that original four points twin. It's the That's doppelganger fine. of the first four points, and it came at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And you, 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 know you better order all the, the points time. at the same time, too, or otherwise we're going to give you the stink eye. Oh, beautiful. Guys, we did it. Six months. That was a, t- that was a tight 1.75, which we never get. <laughs> we never get it. Not once. We have been doing this for half a year officially as of right now. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of What?, Milosh, Miles, yeah. where can people find you? Um, you can type in your numbers and letters that might look like colors or smell like things. Uh, and if you spell out the words at the Miles Luna, uh, you'll find me on most stuff. On most stuff. And Chelsea, where can people find you? Please send my good friend Miles uh, the best recording of an accordion you can find that you think might touch his ankle. <laughs> I think he said tickle his asshole. No, that's no, that's and what that's what uh, I think that's what a trombone does. Miles, 
just say you want to get pegged, okay? I'm sick of like all of us like trying to like dance around toe around this thing. Yeah. Oh. You are begging for a pegging, and I think it's time oh, that you just have a conversation. All right, I'll dress the strap-on elephant in the room. There we go. Uh, if people are looking for me, they can find me at Chelsea Harfouche because that's right. Although some of the people might have my first name, which is disrespectful. <laughs> nobody has this bizarre combination of a very white first name and a very ethnic last name. <laughs> Did I tell you that this my- specific combination. Other people do have white first names. Colonialism is real, but my combination of white first name and ethnic last name, people, nobody else seems to have, so. I told I you like that, that my, I told you, I mean, she'll deny it, but I told you that my mom thought your name was Chelsea Hardflush. <laughs> and I, I didn't like, I didn't love it. But I feel I like love that it. could be like, um, your British doppelganger, that's, your British alter ego. That's like a really, Maybe. like, really bad James Bond girl name. Chelsea <laughs> I do have to remind both of you that I was raised Catholic and therefore all potty humor still makes me deeply uncomfortable. Okay, sure, And sure. that is true. <laughs> that's fair uh, As is your right. I will talk about, I will, I will talk about anything in the world. I will, like, look at photos of, like, uh, crime scene investigation. Yes. I will publicly accuse my friends of begging for a pegging. It's true. But when it comes to like, I will hold myself in to, contempt. Like, anything related to like the sin that a body does in a washroom is just like, v- it's not for me. Verboten. It's verboten. <laughs> that's 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 the devil's playground. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me at. Ellie Maney on Twitter and Ellie Main on Instagram. And you can find this what what? You can find this podcast <laughs> at WhatPod on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Patreon and Redbubble. And you can find our website at those two girls.club. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you heard this in many beautiful colours. And uh maybe go learn something. Bye, whatchamacallits.